Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley Forever Young, Brooke Roberts. We are here to talk about our lives. We may talk a little bit about TV, but we got a whole list of things to chat about on today's show. It's true. Nick and I sat down and we were like, what are we going to chat about? We don't want to just get on there and complain. I mean, <laughs> as I look at this list of things, it does seem like a list of complaints. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. We'll try to spin it. We'll see. We got half of its life stuff, half of its TV stuff. We've been watching a fair amount of TV, so I am excited to get to that. I should say a fair amount of TV that most people don't give a shit about because... I just read through who won all the Emmys yesterday, and I haven't seen one mention of Big Brother, one mention of Lost Season 3. You know, it seems like we're watching the wrong stuff, Ash. <laughs> well, I don't did, know. Did I haven't the seen Emmys, the crown. What the hell is a Ted Lasso? Do the Emmys do reality television? Because we're watching The Circle, we're watching Big Brother, we're watching The Challenge, you know? There does seem to be a new, I guess, it looked brand new to me, but I'm not a big Emmys guy, but... uh. Uh, best competition show, which RuPaul's oh. Drag Race one. Oh, that's good. We should watch that. We should, but it's just like, man, we don't know any of the references. It's 55 seasons in, you know? I just feel weird adding another show to yeah. the docket. Unfortunately, guys, this podcast has basically ruined my love for reality shows <laughs> in in, a, in certain ways. I mean, the cream rose to the top, as as uh, we all know. We're, we're stuck in Big Brother world. Ashley's back in. I'm I back we in. we talk about that. I'm in back a few in. Minutes. Obviously, the challenge is what's brought us to the game, but uh, we got a Survivor season premiering in a few freaking days. Two and days. Ashley and I got hooked on the last live season of Survivor, which was season 40, Winners at War, and have watched, I don't know, 20 seasons since then. So. Survivor is the best reality television show of all time. It's so good. And Ashley was like trying to tell me that like, she was trying to hold something over my head. I can't even remember. It happened so frequently. That I was trying to make a deal with Nick. Deal. She was threatening me. I wasn't threatening you. I was saying, if you watch Jumanji with me, I will watch the new season of Survivor, knowing no, no. farewell. It was, it was framed like, if you don't watch no. the new... Uh -uh. The, the, I was the, saying, I put it forth as a deal, like, babe, if you watch Jumanji with me tonight, I'll watch the new Survivor with you. I was trying to make a deal with you. You were trying to say, basically, that you weren't watching the new Survivor if I didn't watch Jumanji from 2017. That was implied, but I would never say that, because that would be a lie. <laughs> I was just trying to trick you, and you didn't fall for it. But I did watch Jumanji. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on the Patreon. Make sure you're subscribed. Yeah, it's we got a big one coming up, guys. We have two for this month coming up in the docket. The first one is going to be comparing two rock vehicles. That's right. We're talking Jumanji 2017. We are also talking the Jungle Cruise, which we saw in theaters the other day. Yeah, you're going to want to sign up. We're also going to just give you our unfiltered raw opinions, our true selves. Dude, That's we're going to tell we... you what we really think of Jumanji 2017. <laughs> and the Jungle Cruise and life itself. So go ahead and go to patreon.com forward slash reality blows. You got it. But yeah, I mean, it, it, we're not watching Emmy caliber television, although some of the stuff I feel like should definitely get an Emmy. I mean, uh, you know, the the the, the basically what's going on right now um, with Kylan. I mean, he deserves a few Emmys, a few technical Emmys. Kylan deserves nothing. I mean, the way that he has just kind of blown his own game up is in a, in a fantastical way. And I was telling Ashley uh, this a few days ago. 
when a- this is while Ashley was on her off period, and her off period for Big Brother 23 uh, happened as soon as it looked as though Tiffany was going to go up on the block. Kylan won head of household and put Tiffany and Hannah on the block, and that's when I said, I'm out. And this was a bad week for Ashley. She didn't even want to know what was going on. She wouldn't listen to any updates, although she would ask me what happened. And she did not watch any of the episodes. And it actually made so I didn't watch any of the episodes except for the live eviction this week, which honestly is like maybe the best way to do it. Just listen to the updates from uh, Taryn over on the RHAP uh, podcast network or just watch a shit ton of the feeds and go on Twitter and read about what's been going on, the conversations. And then just watch the live eviction slash uh, new HOH competition because the rest is just basically a recap of what you've listened to slash watched all week. So you're actually saving yourself a little bit of time, and I don't regret not watching the non-live episodes this week. But Ashley was not even going to watch the live episode this week because she's so pissed because she knew Tiffany went home, and Tiffany did go home. But since then, Not home, to the jury house. To the jury house. Yeah. Since then, what has brought you back to the game? What has brought me back is revenge, vengeance, uh, karma, a debt being filled, Basically, um, in the double eviction, which I did not watch, and I think that you had it. If if help me here with my memory, was I in bed reading Interview with a Vampire with noise canceling headphones on while you watched it? Yes, your memory serves you correct. <clears throat> okay, so that was the um, that was the double eviction. Tiffany got evicted. Hannah got evicted. When when Nick told me Hannah was evicted, I was like, wow, I'll never, I'll never ever watch this. Not only this season again, but this entire franchise. I am out. Okay? I'm done. But then we got four remaining house guests. We got Kylan. We got Xavier. We got Azza. We got Derek F. I don't like any of these people, to be honest, at this point. I find all of them to have many, many flaws. I want to root for Azza, but she's also done a lot of things that are just like upsetting. You know, her, her whatever sort of weird like beef she has with Hannah doesn't make sense to me and so turns me off to Aza but I will say out of the four Aza is the most sympathetic in the house for sure I would like to see Aza win personally well that's not true I don't know if I want to see Aza win because that means the game is is broken (laughs) if Aza wins and if Xavier wins then it's like okay that makes sense a villain won but he did play the game so there you go anyway I'm going on a tangent here but Basically, the the man who orchestrated uh, Tiffany's demise and helped Hannah's demise as well. The man who um, spoke so poorly about these two women and diminished their contributions to the alliance. The man who um, displayed a lot of very anti-women rhetoric in the house that really turned me off. That man is now being turned on by someone he thought was his number one. And um, we're getting to see him play the fool. And so now I'm back. Yeah. I mean, I mentioned to you in the car on the way back from the gym the other day, like, listen, this is what I'm in for it now. Like, I want to see Xavier win because I want to see Kylan lose because I feel like Kylan cannot be rewarded for playing a bad game. Mm, uh, I yeah. just think that the the big brother uh, gods uh, need to lay down a little bit more justice. Seems as though they are. Kylan took in that double eviction during the veto, took he won the veto and took 
Xavier off the block. Xavier, the biggest threat in the game, the person who is, if they are left in the game, will no doubt win this game. And he, in his skewed, messed up brain, Kyland, decided that he needs to sit next to the best in order to feel like the best. And that's how he's playing this game. And so he pulls her off the block. Uh, pulls pulls Kyland, uh, Xavier, Xavier off the block, causing Hannah to go home. And uh, it uh, was an awful moment to watch on live TV. But this past few days since Thursday has been a lot of fun watching Kylan slowly realize that since Xavier has won HOH and now he has, uh, I don't even want to say, but let's just say that it doesn't look like Kylan's fate is in his own hands for this week. I think his ass is going home, and he's going home by the hands of uh, Xavier, and Xavier has audibly said, "Mm, I think we should send Kylan home, and I think that's it for Kylan, dog, and guess what? That feels good. I'm going to do a little dance. Feels good. I want him to sit there and look at Julie Chen, and I want Julie Chen to go, you took Xavier off the block. Yeah. Why? Didn't he do it multiple times? And and I I want Kylan to go, well, Julie, it's because I uh, see. I, I, Julie, I wanted to win. I wanted. I want him to backpedal. Yeah, and I, I wanted, wanted to sit with the best, and I want Julie to go. Don't you think that Tiffany, the creator of the cookout, who orchestrated m- the most, um, you know, everyone's eviction and was in all of the alliance, was arguably the best player in the house? Why did she fall under your right, radar? Right. Is it because she's a woman? Seems as though Big Brother wants to get the point across that Tiffany was the star in this season. Uh, I think it's a little late. I, I think that the issue with this season, if you are just a person who watches the episodes and doesn't watch the feeds, you're not getting a full picture of the show. And that, I think, is purely because Big Brother didn't understand exactly how to frame this season. Yeah. Who do you villainize out of the six? The it's six hard. is supposed to be a positive thing, and it is, and or it was. And the six is, you know, the cookout was supposed to be a monumental milestone for uh, a franchise. And the franchise has to edit this and has yeah. to kind of carve out what, you know, future generations are going to see on Paramount Plus when they watch this show. They're not going to have access to the feeds. They're just going to watch this show. This is what's going in the vault is uh, the episodes on CBS. So you want to make it seem like a harmonious situation, but... Really what went down here is Tiffany created a blueprint on how to get the six black players to be the final six in the show, and it went off without a hitch. And And not only that, not only the blueprint, but she orchestrated and made sure that each non-cookout member went out in a specific order, and she's responsible for most of the evictions um, in the jury, like she organized that with Hannah, very strategic, very, how are we going to play this house? Who should go next? That sort of thing. She hoodwinked the rest of the house for the most part so bad that at this point in the house, you know, something happened this week where Aza was kind of sitting down with Xavier and being like, wow, I can't believe we did this. Like, Hey, what happened with Derek, uh, Derek X? Like, how come we kept him around so long? Like, stuff like that. And Xavier, like, like 
eyes rolling in the back of his head trying to figure out how he why he orchestrated oh my god like him being like well we uh well i kept i kept him around because like he was a shield and like no uh, yes like <clears throat> when in reality he, he was kept around because he was one of uh tiffany's people yeah so uh but derek uh, uh but xavier had no idea about this even uh. all the way up until derek leaving still had no idea how i mean it, it it took the following week when um you know uh you know tiffany sat down with sarah beth to be like he was one of my people and i'm really pissed off where yeah. everybody was like wait he was one of her people i didn't know that <sighs> it so, just shows that no one else well, they besides will, Tiffany and Hannah, weren't were not they weren't really playing the game. They weren't aware right. of what right. They were not aware. Game I mean, but also recognizes them. that she good. was not aware That's and good. is trying to ask the king Xavier, "How did you do this, King?" And uh, the king realizing, sort of, but playing you know smart and being like, "Well, this is why I decided mm. to do that." You know, when he didn't have any hand in that, right. so um, he played a floater, sneaky game for the first half of this game, and then became very aggressive. But honestly, it's fine. Xavier clearly, when Xavier wins this game, I do not think there's going to be any question who uh, played the best game in this season. It's going to be Xavier, and he's going to have a win that is uh, a powerful win and also a just win. He w if he, I, he needs to win this season because he needs to... Prove he needs to prove to me that there is justice in the Big Brother house. If somebody like Derek wins or Aza wins, or even if Xavier, if uh, Kyland figures out a way to win at this point, it's going to make this season feel bad. I understand that Xavier is the reason why you, Ashley, uh, took a two week dip from this show. Yeah, why the internet was like in flames when hannah and tiffany went home this is all yeah. xavier yeah because we love these people we don't love xavier xavier became a villain to the twitter fandom you know to the feeds fandom because we all want you know we all love hannah we all love tiffany we all loved uh we all loved derek f Derek X. X. We all loved Claire. Listen, Xavier, you know, I agree with Xavier you. And Xavier had a hand in kind of taking all of those people out. And um, it it made him the villain. But really, this is Big Brother. This isn't the cookout game. Right. And if you're just taking this, like, let's let's make every everybody here is green. We're all aliens. We're not uh, we're not different races here on Earth. Xavier's the player who's like whooping ass. He hung really low, made sure that he didn't get himself in any kind of hot water, made a crazy, you know, it was included on one of, in the most crazy alliance that the game ever played. Then when that alliance had to turn on each other, he was at the tippy, tippy top where there was so much barrier to get to him. And, and by God, if you even could think about beating him in a competition, he's going to snatch it right from under you. And he's also going to snatch a veto from you. And he's going to make it look like you never had a chance in winning. Uh, the veto or the HOH when he put together that puzzle and people just kind of like eyes, like jaws dropping, like n people are looking at the okay, puzzle. You have He's to like stop. hitting that button. It's just like, you have to stop. Okay. You have to stop. 
Okay. Because what you are doing is you are giving him more than he deserves because you want a qualified and just winner. And I understand that. And I think out of who we have left, Xavier should totally win. But he did not play an incredible game. Yes, he and did. he would not be there right now if it wasn't for the cookout. He would have been voted out before Has jury that that you're absolutely right but the fact that his inclusion in the cookout i understand that it was he had nothing to do with it it was based on him being a basically not a white person uh you know um and okay we understand that i understand that it wasn't exactly his doing but he the the, the whole deal with these games with with a survivor with a big brother is like you have to play the hand that you're dealt, okay? And yeah. you have to play it to the best of your ability. Clearly, Xavier played that hand better than anybody else. Ugh. He did. He did. I mean, maybe Derek uh, X, maybe Derek F Ugh. played it be the best. Come on. But right now, he's got beef with like Aza and like, he his game is actually like, we still have Xavier at the tippy tippy top. Do you think there are people who listen to our podcast who are just so used to our format of talking about our life in the first yes. 30 minutes? It's called and then... your dad, your mom, <laughs> my dad. And then and then they tune out for the reality portion. Is your mom watching Big Brother? No, she Why? doesn't like it. Too many. She, 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 I think it's too many episodes. It's hard. It's mom. Hard. Why don't you watch Big Brother? She was one of the people who like put us on to some Big Brother stuff. You Did know? she? Well, she put us on a Survivor. Pretty she put hard. us on the Survivor. She, she told us. Uh, she absolutely like, recommended a bunch of seasons. Yeah, she like once we were kind of hooked into it. She was like, "This is what you need to watch to understand this show." She kind of got us to watch the Cochrane seasons yes. and mm -hmm. this and that. So. But she didn't have anything to do with our big brother, don't No, nope. huh? uh-uh. That came from Ray Sani, I'm pretty sure. Ray Sani, who's a huge fan of the show, yes. Who was up for an Emmy last night. Was she? Yeah, for, she was. For what show? A Black Lady Sketch show. Is that still in the air? Mm-hmm. God, I've only seen YouTube uh, sketches of it. I, I don't, I, there's too much frigging television. I am I, actually shocked by the amount of television. And yet, <laughs> only, the only things that won were The Crown and... Uh, and uh, Fred, Fred, Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. Ted Lasso, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, I don't know something called Hacks. What the hell is Hacks? Oh, interesting that you say that. It is a. It's I think it's an HBO show. It's scripted. It's about comedy. So it's about like the inner workings of comedy, like a comedian, an older comedian. I think. Gosh, I'm gonna get roasted for not knowing what this show is but from my I think it's like an older comedian like a Joan Rivers type or like a Kathy Gifford type she hires hold on Who? a younger comedian Kathy, what did I say Kathy Gifford come on you mean Kathy Lee Gifford <laughs> of Regis and Kathy Lee one of our greatest American comedians let's see what hacks is I'm just gonna yeah look it up look it up it's a comedy drama series yeah it's Google about says. the inner workings of um of the comedy world and everyone tells us to watch it all the time Who's up? Vance Young. You guys are going to have a fabulous time. 2,500 shows. What do you have to say? Well, I'll tell you what I have to say. Eat your heart out, Celine. Pentatonix? Did you know that? Okay, so it's clearly like a Joan Rivers Z uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. She hires a young person who's like a comedian or something. To, to like, write for her? To help with something. I don't know. Nick, watch the show. No. 
I refuse. Succession season three comes out soon. Ashley and I have to start watching Succession so we can watch this together. It's important for Ashley to watch Succession. So much stuff happens, and uh, people around me who have seen Succession or myself who have seen Succession and love Succession go, dude, this is just like Succession. Yeah. It's such a powerful like family drama about a family business and like the, a, a, the who has the power in the family. Mm-hmm. It's like uh you know, it's um it's as if it's like an organized crime family, but it's just a legit like billionaire family. So I have something interesting I found out that yes. I think you might be into talking about family business. It's family business. So did you ever go to those like gym mining stations when you were a kid where you would get like you'd buy like a, a bag of sand? And then you would put it in the water and shake it out and like find a stone or two. Is that something that you guys did up here? No, but I, I do remember like something like that, like happening like at an aquarium. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like there'd be like a little pavilion at the aquarium that you can go in and you could like kind of mine for fossils. But it wouldn't be like a huge water trough with water coming down and all the kids lined up on it, shaking their little pans of dirt in the water to no, try and find like stones. panning for gold? Yeah, exactly. No, no. Yeah, you'd buy like a $10 bag of sand and then you would have your pan. And <laughs> what a what a good business. Yeah, and you'd be like, <laughs> that you might find a rock. I mean, I think it was probably like three bucks or something. The two that I used to go to all the time when I was a kid, there was one outside of this um, petting zoo like that was really you know reminiscent of Tiger King looking petting back on it looking back on them bad well this one was like on the I think it was on I-95 like halfway between North Carolina halfway between Wilmington and Myrtle Beach and a big part of that strip of highway is just nothing I, I don't think you've ever been on it like if you go from North Carolina to South Carolina or North Carolina to Georgia when you're driving through South Carolina I-95 for a huge a huge percentage of it is just swamps and like woods like you're just you're just driving through that it's not even there's not like a rest area or anything like that there's no like peanut that. boiled peanut stands there's a couple but it's that that petting zoo had the same vibe where you would right. see like, like oh my god <laughs> so that it was just like in the middle of nowhere like, yeah, and know. it was like a big had like a big like lion's head on the front of it and you would pay money at the front and you pay money in the store you would go in the back and look at the animals and i remember And they had like a mining thing in the front. And so, like I said, it's like a big water trough that comes down. You get your little bag of sand. You shake it out. I remember never being able to. I think my mom and I went into the petting zoo once when I was really young. And then she was like, we'll never go to the backside of that place again. We'll never go look at those animals again. Because I think it was really depressing. Because I just remember the mining in the front. And not being and being and not being allowed to go to the zoo part. Yeah, we got animals. Hold on. <laughs> I've seen some really sad animals in my life, um, but that's not what this podcast is about. Ger- <laughs> Geraldine, bring the cow. God, Lil- you upset Lily. <laughs> Lily is looking at me right now like, you fucking dick. Why you got to be so loud? Yeah, she really gave me a look. I was doing a bit. I was doing an act out, Lily. Jesus, so you're, now you're not looking at me. Anyway, so about mining these Yeah, gems. and then at the at the North Carolina State Fair, they have that as well. You can go mine these gems. It's like a very it's like a thing people do in North Carolina with kids and in Virginia. I assumed it was all across the country, but you telling me you didn't do it in New Jersey. Maybe that was just you though. Um, what happened to my headphones? You have them on and this back piece is missing. Yes, I the Nick- back piece of your microphone for these headphones are missing. 
Nick took my headphones and now Sorry. I guess he's breaking Sorry them. Sorry about that. Um, I've seen that all over the place, that little white piece, and I had no idea what it was. I don't know where it is now. Uh, uh, I'm sure it still works. It's just a covering, the back covering. You probably can't click it anymore. That's the only problem. You can't pick up and hang. Oh, no, it's over here. Never mind. You could. We'll test it out after this, but we definitely shouldn't talk about it any longer. <laughs> and you so, don't need it. It works. And do you ever use these to talk on the phone with this connected? You don't even have this piece on your phone. Okay, point made. So I love Guys, going- just a little bit of the inner workings of the <laughs> Nick and Ash relationship. I love going to these gym mining things. It was so fun. We used to do my birthday every year. Now, who is Jim and why are we mining him? How would you say Jim? Jim. Jim. We go to a Jim mining station. I love to do it on my birthday. So fun. Um, always the best. Always looking for an emerald. I think one time I found like a like a little sliver of an emerald. Um, Mom, is that true? And where is it? Anyway, I asked the internet recently, like, are these things rigged? Because I want to know, like, are they just letting kids find emeralds and they diamonds? They put, like, a little rock in there, and then they put the bag together. And- no, like, are they going through the sandbags first to make sure there aren't precious gems in there, oh, gems, then, yes. and then pulling them out, yes, and then I putting the sand back in? That's what I would do. Right? Are they just, like, letting 10-year-olds the idea, find the idea precious idea, like, a kid, like, finds a diamond and a... <laughs> You know, like like a piece of gold. Right. Like, you must be like, fuck. That piece of gold would allow me to buy six more three-legged goats from the dude down the street. (laughs) From my petting zoo. Yeah, I mean, these places all had, like, they always had, like, a picture of a kid holding up, like, a diamond or, like, a ruby. Like, look, they found it here. And it's like, yeah, but did they? So I asked the internet, and someone answered me, and they were like, hi, my family actually has a couple of these. This is our family business, and I'm. they are, in fact, rigged. We go through the bags <laughs> of sand beforehand. Wow. Yeah. And this person just sold their family business out like that? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I was pretty into it. Now, what was the other? Was there any more discussion about this? No, I was just like, wow, thanks for letting me know. And also, that's a cool family business to have. Yes. Okay. But like, thank you for confirming my suspicions. Mm. There you go. Thank so you. There thank you, go. you, person. So there are people out there who are just going to those things and trying <laughs> and, to strike big. And Ashley, I'm glad that you uh, you cleared that up because that is definitely something that I have been always wondering. Well, when you said family business, it reminded me that I had this internet discovery. And it's it just goes to show you that the internet... We'll answer your questions. Strangers on the internet will reach out and respond to you That's sometimes. That's right. That's right. And I like that. The internet's a great tool for people to uh, lie to you uh, on the internet. This person didn't own that business, Ash. Nick. It was me, okay? <laughs> that was me. Okay, what else do we talk about? I feel like we had a good flow going, and then all of a sudden this gemstones thing showed up, and uh, now I don't know what we're talking about. You're saying I ruined the pod? I'm just saying I don't know. I don't remember where we were. We were talking about Big Brother, and you were saying we have to watch Succession because it's about a family business falling apart, Ah. and that's the next thing we got to watch. And I was like, speaking of family business, this is something I found out recently. Okay, well, now we're back. Yeah, now we're back. I mean, we have that whole list right in front of you of topics, and so far we haven't really talked about any of them. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. Well, we could talk about, um, let's go with uh, the cars. We've been having lots of car trouble. Okay. Okay. You pick the car stuff. Okay. The most stressful stuff on the whole <laughs> thing. Okay. Go go for it. 
Okay, so we've got we've got two cards here. One's like a house car. One, it's that we got two cars. One we haven't driven in. Um, I would say like three or four months because it was it had a recall on the brakes, and we were like we could feel like that the brakes were shitty. Like I had just bought new brakes for this car um, in September of 2020. I bought like like $800 brakes from Petco. And then like three months later, we get a, we get a note saying like our car, we have to recall your car because the way that it's designed is fucking up your brakes. And then you can feel it, right? Like you drive the car and these are brand new brakes and you're like, I don't know if they're going to work. So we just didn't drive the car anymore, but we had to go take it to this recall, right? So Getting it to the place is the ordeal. So like a month ago, we set up an appointment and, or no, a couple weeks ago, we set up an appointment. We go to start the car and- The dang thing don't start. It won't start. And we're like, okay, I guess it needs a jump. So we try and jump it the and- The dang thing don't jump. So we're like, what the hell's going on? So then I call my dad. Well, I, like, I should say that. So when we were jumping the car, we have- uh... I am uh, the owner of two cars, uh, didn't buy either of them, didn't choose either of them. My mother passed away. She owned two cars. Well, my grandfather passed away and gave my car, her, his car to my mother. And this was a 2009 Lincoln MKZ. And uh, then my mom was like, I don't have any use for another car. I own a car. So... I was living in New York City at the time without a car. My sister had a car. My, my, my mom was like, do you want uh, your grandfather's car? Um, I can just gift it to you so you can have a car in the city. And I was like, no friggin' way. I was like, what the hell am I going to do with a car in Brooklyn? And then eventually I was like, fine. I was like, can I keep it there? And then like, we'll see what happens. Because I had never, I, I only drove in and out of the city every once in a while. And at that point it was like, six, seven years uh, prior to that, to actually having the experience. And like, I'd never been good with parking a car in the city. And when I did, it was in Manhattan. And I kind of understand Manhattan. Manhattan's a grid. You kind of know how to get places by streets in Manhattan. Brooklyn, I never could. And it, it took me almost till I left Brooklyn to understand like where I was on a map in Brooklyn, really. Because as you're walking <laughs> around and you go to the subway, you start building a map in your head. Like, oh, yes, well, I'm going here, and if I go way left, that's where my friend lives. And then if I go south in my head, that's where the store I like is. And then all the way north, that's where I do my stand-up show. But then you actually start driving around to these places and not just like I, I go in this wonder machine and the lights go out and then I, I come out of the wonder machine and the sun is up and I'm at my destination all the way left like my brain assumes and then you get in a car and you drive around in your Brooklyn and you're like this is where I've been taking the train to this whole time I was like this is not anywhere near the location that I thought this was in my head as I'm doing the route system using google maps you know our little fucking station to station or as what we used to use back in the day ash do you remember the 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 website you used to go to figure out how to get oh places? yeah what was that called? It's called hop stop hop stop before google maps before like smartphones had
had like the option to to use a yeah, GPS. Yeah, well, it wasn't before Google Maps. We had Google Maps. We just didn't have the subway they, option. They didn't have the subway option, so you would do like mass transit. It would like tell you how to get like uh you know New Jersey Transit train to Connecticut. Right. You know, but but uh, hop stop would be like the G trains coming in eight minutes. Yes, and like it would tell you how what stop to get on and all that stuff. And sometimes you would like print it out. Like, mm-hmm. I remember printing out hop stop stuff. Something that you you're talking about that's reminding me of is like you're right. There is a sort of disorienting thing that happens when you're on the subway that doesn't make sense geographically with the boroughs. Like you're like you're kind of zooming and zipping all over the place in a way that it doesn't make um like intuitive sense, you know, in your mind's map and your mind's eye map. And one of the things that has to do with is the fact that like all the different lines, like the red line, the yellow line, the blue line, the ACE, the green line, those were all private companies. So before it was made like a public transit system, before um, the state stepped in and the city bought it, they were private companies and they were competing with each other. So there's like, they, they don't connect a lot of times on purpose and there's like a zigzag element to it because they wanted it not to be like easy for you to get on the other line. I had no idea about that. That's pretty fascinating. Yeah, I always thought that was it. And it explains why it's kind of like, it's like a clusterfuck really of trains that a lot of times you have to walk from like one train to the next under like a long underground hallway. And it's because the the city had to build those to connect these private trains. Right, and sometimes it's like, couple city blocks it takes you to get there yeah but yeah no i mean if you were to ask you know before i had a car if you would have been like uh, if i'm living in you know bushwick brooklyn it's just like how do you get to astoria it's like oh yeah you take the l to the g to the n you know it's like it's never a like well you take uh sixth street you go up uh you know flushing and right that would never have any idea how to walk there drive there yeah and um, like the trains should be like a, a grid system themselves like there should right. be a train that just goes from queens to brooklyn like straight down instead yes. of like having to go like at a diagonal and then another diagonal you know, a lot of the times especially where we were living in the train that we were off of i mean we only had one train option which yeah. is the l train which you know is, is the superior train that's an, the only one that makes sense really for us i mean we would have to walk quite a bit where we were living to get to any other train yeah and uh you know the l train the quickest way to get anywhere is taking the l train into manhattan and then taking it to where you wanted to go so like you know unless you started to learn some of the hacks by using some buses or like really working that g train which when I first got to Brooklyn, the G train was just like known as a train that just never came. It was like a punchline. It, it was, was like, like a, a hack premise. It was like, like oh, you yeah. live off the G train. Oh, see Jesus. you never. You're waiting for the G train. That changed. The it G did. train became just like a normal train. I think like when I moved there and probably around the time when you moved there, I think there were just a lot of construction on the G train line for like a couple of years because I lived in Park Slope where the G train would service South Brook. It's the only Brooklyn of Brooklyn train. So it would service like South Brooklyn into North Brooklyn. You could grab the G train at like seventh Avenue or like fourth and ninth street. And you could take it all the way to metropolitan and then get on that L and take it to North, uh, to, to Williamsburg. I think that the areas that the G train service got gentrified. Cause when I first moved to, um, Brooklyn, the G train came like every 20 minutes or every 10 minutes. But I think a lot of gentrification happened in Greenpoint and along the G train line. And people, the fact that it became a punchline became something people were constantly 
pushing to get changed and updated. But before you go on... There were also shorter trains. Did you know that? They're shorter trains, yeah. They had less cars on them. But it is... I just want to touch... Like something that you said is talking about the L having to go to Manhattan. It's absolutely true. Like we... There's so many times where if you want to get to a certain part in Brooklyn... Like you would have to take the L from Brooklyn into Manhattan and then take the F from Manhattan back into Brooklyn. Like yeah. if you're trying to go to the Bell House or something, like yeah. you it have was, to leave uh, Brooklyn, go into another borough to then get a train to get back into Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, it was most notable if you wanted to go to like Queens, like you would take, you know. You, you can't go from, you cannot go from Brooklyn to Queens without going into Manhattan. I mean, I guess you could take, the, you take L the L to the G train. to the 7. Yes, but it's, it's sometimes it's not as quick. And, yeah. You know, you're not getting express trains. Whatever. I'm, we're on a large tangent here. But my mom was like, do you want this car? And I'm like, all right. And then I got the car in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, my God. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I feel like you, I don't know if this is just your memory or, or what, but you're like, you're you're acting as if you didn't have a car in Brooklyn prior to that. When I had my Jeep, I lived, when I lived with you, I had a Jeep for like four years. And when you got your car, I was like, okay, I'm going to take my Jeep back because your car had like a security system and people had definitely broken a window to get into my old 1998 Jeep Cherokee. So you already knew the advantages of having a car. I don't remember ever and cruising I remember around in your this, car. I, I don't remember this remember conversation <laughs> when you were like, my mom wants to give us, give me the car. And I was like, well, I already have my Jeep. And you were like, yeah, but my car will be better here. Like we had this conversation as a couple. No, I remember telling you like, we don't need two cars here. Yeah. Gonna, we're going to live together and, and try to make a go of this relationship you could probably bounce that car back to north carolina but your whole thing was like this car is like newer faster and has a security system which is very important because someone will just bluetooth capabilities your car was like feral like it didn't my car was from 1998 it only had a tape and a cd deck and it didn't even like the ac didn't work yeah ac didn't work. like it was like a whole thing but it's still my favorite car I love cool. that. I love cool that car. Jeep Cherokee. I was like it's pretty scary driving it a little bit, but uh, yeah, it just felt like you were driving a golf cart kind of. Like I love it. It's my favorite car ever, and I will drive it forever. And my dad, it's well, we it's should living. buy a Wrangler. You and I. I okay. I'm I'm down for that. I don't. Uh, let me finish this thing about the Jeep Cherokee though. So it's 1998 Jeep Cherokee. It's great. It's one of those boxy Cherokees. It's not one of those like big grand Cherokees. It's like all bubbly on the sides, and you're like, what is this trying? Why is this Cherokee trying to be curvy? It's not one of those. It's one of the old school boxy ones. Love it so much. It's been in North Carolina basically since Nick got the Lincoln. And I leave it in my dad's house and, and I'll come down and use it sometimes. But like if I if I fly in, which is rare, then I'll just have the Cherokee. But a lot of times it has I've uh, gotten some had issues with it. It's old, y'all. It's old. So anyway, my dad, unbeknownst to me, put it online for sale. OK, he put it on like Craigslist or something. He was going to sell it. And um, he he said that the the response he got was so overwhelming he had to take the ad off because like 500 people contacted him to buy this Jeep Cherokee because it is like it is at this point like um, a nostalgic treasured old school car and he was he's like I had no idea people wanted it so bad so he took the ad off he's like never mind I'm not selling it and I was like first off let me know the next time you're gonna sell the Cherokee okay 
I guess it is technically his car. But that is what happened when you got your car. We had that conversation, and I, I took the Jeep out of New York, which was a big deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, your Jeep, I think the final straw, as you mentioned before, was somebody, like, smashed the back window to, like, steal a something. He got a bunch gym of- Gym bag, and he got threw a my bunch, underwear got a in the trees. a bunch of your dirty trees. underwear. <laughs> Literally, they <laughs> stole my gym bag, and then they were just taking stuff out, which, unfortunately, there was some stuff in my gym bag. I had, like, my whole makeup set in there, and I had um, and, an and iPod. You never, and you never got makeup again. I never got makeup again. I had an iPod in there, like an old school, like, click, 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 yeah. one where your finger goes around the wheel. And I looked at it, it was like, damn, I don't have the charger for this. <laughs> but then they were just they just were taking stuff out of my bag and throwing it in the street as they ran and so the next day there was like leggings on a fence underwear in a tree like a shirt on the in the gutter you know speaking of i have a, a diesel ass ipod uh in the lincoln right now that's uh in the shop which is why we started talking oh about yeah why this. we started talking about all but this. uh i have to get that uh, ipod out and just hook it up to the to the car yeah and have that connected to the car at all times oh wait i don't have the way to connect it because of the charger i'd have to find that charging base i'm so fascinated as to what oh, kind we'll of see. phone call you're gonna get today about That's the true. lincoln because somebody did call me to before but it wasn't what i think it was sir did you drop off this car so, with yeah. <laughs> zero battery so, so we'll, we'll go back so a couple weeks ago i had to um bring so basically my mom passes away my mom's car is a volvo and it's a 2013 and it's much uh nicer and newer and more safe and all the brakes stuff. work and the brakes the bra that's work. big <laughs> um but we took the volvo to uh ash to visit ashley's family last month and during that trip while we were in wilmington i got like a uh, an, uh, a notice on my dashboard that said there was some sort of sensor that tripped by the brakes and i have to bring it in to figure out what's going on and i did and then they were like oh sorry you tripped this sensor we have to reset it but everything else looks okay except for your brakes look like they need to be repaired so we're like all right so we scheduled Which makes it sense because they hadn't been yeah it's like it's fine i'm sure yeah. they've never been replaced ever on that car so it was like okay and so we made that but as that was happening we started realizing that the other car that uh, I own is uh, has like many many recalls. There's a there's a recall for the uh, brakes, as Ashley was saying. There's some sort of like uh, liquid that was spilling onto the brakes, kind of rendering them useless. And so there was a recall for that, and also the airbag. So not a good combination when the <laughs> airbag and the brakes are being recalled. So yeah, and it's like the the liquid coming out. It was like mixing with another liquid that was like literally eating the brake pads. Right, a gel mixed with a liquid, and blah blah blah. So I was like, okay. And uh, once we got that recall, I finally had enough time and uh, patience to get this done. And uh, as I'm sort of kind of trying to figure out how I'm going to get it to this place, I because once uh, once the brakes started to go on this car. I stopped using it. And I was like, we can't use the Lincoln anymore. We can only use the, the Volvo because the Lincoln brakes are all fucked up. And uh, didn't have, I was getting notices for this recall, but it kept saying, your brakes are recalled. There is no solution yet. Right. And it was just like, okay. So we waited a couple months. And while that was happening, the car just sat there and it wasn't being driven. And then eventually it wasn't driven long enough that it was dead. And then we live in a neighborhood where nobody has, uh, it's a, it's a destination neighborhood. It's a, it's a, it's a vacation spot in the summer. 
and uh, so the entire uh, neighborhood is just filled with with foreign cars uh, piling up. Foreign and cars meaning cars that don't live, live here. here. And then the people who live here are not allowed. They don't have their own parking spaces, so you have to fight for parking with everybody else. And basically, what that means is my Lincoln was sitting out in front of our house for a bunch of months, and we couldn't even get like our car next to it to jump it to jump it. <laughs> so eventually, we did, and then I we pulled the Volvo up and we open up the hoods and then I'm looking at these things and I'm going this doesn't seem right because I had never really messed with a car that wasn't the Lincoln or anything as uh old newer than a 2009 Lincoln the previous car I had was probably like a 1998 you know blazer or something like that who knows what my last car was I will say I've looked under the hood of the Lincoln numerous times and I know uh the engine of the Jeep well and the engine of the Volvo is confusing it's different it's a newer car like I mean it's a newer as in 2013 like <laughs> it's newer for it's like a it's like a, a computer yeah and so you look at it and you're like where is the battery so yeah. now I'm on YouTube looking and the battery is actually like recessed into the car more and you need like a a, a tool to open up a box that unlocks the it's crazy just to get the uh you know the black and the white little knobs that you put your little jumper cables on so it's like or the black and the red and so I'm like I'm looking at the phone and like the phone is telling me how to like do this on the Volvo with and Ashley's like holding two jumper cables like crying because she's so scared that we're going to get electrocuted and then like a man walks by us and the man is like uh, hey do you need some help with that and uh, Ashley's like yes we don't know what we're doing and I'm like no we don't need any goddamn help <laughs> like sweating and crying at the same time because I was like all right he like kept going. <laughs> I just don't understand why we couldn't get his help. Like he clearly knew listen, what was going on. I, I like, didn't need help. It's like I didn't need help. The listen, guy was gonna. The guy was gonna look at my car and be like, "All right, so uh, this is." It's what you I don't was know doing. That he could have been like, "I actually, I'm a Volvo mechanic." You did not give him the chance. He didn't say I'm a Volvo mechanic. He was I'm like, "You guys are looking have. at. You guys are looking at YouTube to jump the car," and that's not exactly what I was doing. He could have helped anyway. I just don't understand why we couldn't just let him Listen, we couldn't look at the situation anyway it doesn't right, work just realize we couldn't so okay so it doesn't work we try this we think we're jumping the car we try and turn it on nothing happens it doesn't work we're like fuck it we'll just wait we'll figure it out later we're thinking like maybe we'll get uh someone from nick's family to bring over a car and try and jump it with their car instead of using the volvo but again getting a parking spot next to it is like literally there's a 99% chance of that not happening because you don't get to decide where you park in this town. And, you know, so that was going on there. And then I call my dad and I'm telling him all about this. And he's like, okay, so first off, you guys need to get AAA because you, if you do need someone to tow it, you don't want to ask your insurance to tow it. They're only going to tow it if it's an accident. So you guys got to get AAA. And then my dad was like, you also, once you put the uh, things on the battery, whatever those are, the little clippy clips, when you put the clips on the two batteries. Alligator clips. Thank you very much. You've got to let them sit there for like 
some time, like at least five minutes. If you haven't driven this car for six months, its battery is completely depleted because it has a security system which pulls on the battery constantly. So it's like this battery is dead. So my dad's like, you have to at least leave the clips on for a few minutes before you try and crank the car. Because what we had done was just put the clips on, crank the car and been like, ah, done work and stopped. We waited a few minutes, but we didn't wait wait like 10, 15 minutes. And the guy who eventually jumped us was like, yeah, you need to let this thing run for a while. Yeah. Um, so yes, it didn't work. And then, so we had to cancel our recall, uh, appointment appointment. And so then that we're like, we'll set it up for next week. And we were like, okay, we'll get this done between now and next week. (laughs) And then literally the night before we're like, we have to get this done. (laughs) And so I had signed us up for, excuse me, triple a and triple a. I was like, oh man, I hope this works. And I like have the app and I'm like, it's it's five o'clock. We need to get this thing over there soon. And I don't want to be working on this all night. So I, I use the app on AAA and I say what we need to do. And the app's like, all right, it's going to take three hours for us to get there. And I'm like, fuck. All right, fine. We'll go inside. I went inside and it got an update. It's like, your, your guy's on the way. He's be two, in two minutes, minutes away. The guy pulled up. He had tattoos on his knuckles. He seemed like he was coming off a drug. No, or he, he had was, chaw in his upper lip, on his bottom lip. Something was going on with this guy. He, he was chewing tobacco. That's he, the only thing that was I, weird I about him. I want to say he wasn't mean or aggressive, but he wasn't pleasant. He was so even keeled. Yeah. It was unbelievable. He was just a man doing his job and chewing he came some in tobacco. And he, and he plugged his little machine in. He was like, the battery seems like it's okay. And I'm like, okay, and... So uh, what what should we do? He's like, let it run for a few minutes. And he got it started. He jumped it. Jumped it and worked. And he's like, yeah, okay. All right, thanks. And I handed him $20. He's like, thank you so much for this. And I'm like, no problem. (laughs) He he drove away. And I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, well. I, I guess we could ride this thing around for a while, but there's really no gas in it. We okay, found out. <laughs> so listen. So I feel like you're missing a crucial part of the story, which is that our appointment for the recall was this morning, Monday morning. And what they did is they told us to drop it off Sunday night and to put the keys in the lockbox. So we're just dropping it off last night and not having to interact with anybody. So it's like all all we have to do in our mind is get the freaking car there. So the guy comes. He jumps it um he runs like diagnostic on the battery he's like yeah it's pretty dead like you guys gotta let it run for like 30 or 40 minutes and we're like okay and then he leaves and we're like oh we are on empty like running (laughs) on empty we don't have any gas and we're like well we can't go to the gas station and turn it off and fill it up with gas because then it might not turn on again. Right. And so we're like, okay, what we have to do is we just have to get this car to the dealership so that they can deal with it. So like, we're not going to fill it up with gas. We're not going to have to, we're not going to, we don't have the gas to let it run for 45 minutes. So we just have to drive it there and then we're just going to leave it there. And luckily we don't have to interact with anyone. So we're just going to park this car that doesn't have any battery or gas the brakes don't work the airbags are faulty we're gonna leave the keys in the drop box and we're gonna run so that's what we did and uh we did and it was there was uh actually you know there's plumes of smoke there was at one point (laughs) nick a little poof of smoke came out when nick either tried to accelerate or or, because he was following me and i just made like a classic mistake where i wasn't like paying attention and i went through a yellow light and i was like oh shit now he's going to have to go through the yellow light. No, I went through a red light, and it was a deep red light. Uh, okay, so, uh, but Nick either stopped, because I looked back, because I was like, oh, shit. And I, like, looked back to 
see what he did because if he had stopped at the red light, I was just going to like pull over at the Duncan, which was right on the corner and wait for him to meet me. Um, but then I just saw the car kind of jolt and a puff of smoke came out. Yeah, I jammed on the accelerator and a plume of smoke <laughs> came out. And, uh, and so we dropped this thing off and it was just like, also the lockbox was just like drop it on the floor. Yeah, it was, like, it's very... like a, a mail <laughs> slot that you just put the keys on the floor. I don't know. And I haven't heard anything from this place yet. So I just knows? imagine they're pissed. They're like, this car doesn't have any battery or they're gas. They're a mechanic. They're going to deal with it. Yeah. They've been asking to buy this car for a couple couple months now. So they keep emailing me like, we'd like to buy your car. Or, or do you think I think they I will sell it to them. Do you think they want to buy the car or they want to say, okay, we'll buy this car from you uh, for 5000 which you can put towards a new Lincoln, or we'll give you 1000 for it if you don't want. It's probably what they're going to do. Right? Yeah, I feel like they're just trying to sell you a new car. I mean, I don't know how much that car is going to get. I mean, it needs body work. It needs a lot of... You know, God, you guys, do you have any idea how expensive cars are? Because we haven't even told you about the Volvo thing. Like the computer thing happened in North Carolina when we were driving back and we're like, okay, we got to take it to the dealership. We go to the dealership to get it worked on. They're like, that'll be eight hundred dollars. And we're like, okay, we give them eight hundred dollars. And then like five days later, the same message pops up again. And we're like, what the hell? And we call them again. They're like, yeah, we don't know. Come on back. Then we go back and they're like, okay, we're going to do the brakes and the other thing. And then they're like, okay, that'll be twenty two hundred dollars. And we're like $3,000 in a week. In my mind, $3,000 is a new car. So, but then they gave us a loaner because they were working on the Volvo. They were like, here, you can drive this loaner around. I freaking loved the loaner well, we they gave us. an electric us. car. It was a brand new electric car. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was pretty incredible. It was so nice. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I didn't share this thought with Nick, but I'm like, we should just get this car. We should just buy a new car. You know, we're going to LA. Um, and we're spending $3,000 on this car. That could go towards a new car. And how much do cars cost? 16000 I don't know. In my mind, I don't know how much cars cost. The last time I bought a car, it was um, a Chevy Lumina that I bought for $3,500. So that's where my mind's at. So I'm like, well, we'll just get this car. This car is awesome. I looked it up online. It was $50,000. Unbelievable. $50,000. I, mean, I think you just lease it. I think that's how that works. But How uh, do people buy cars? It's so confusing. They lease them or they're rich, you know. That's kind of how it works. Ugh, you know what this is reminding me of, Nick, that I have not had a chance to talk to you about, but I went down like an internet deep dive the other day and learned all about how um, Zillow, the company, is buying houses and raising the housing market price because what they've done is they go in and they see like oh they get they gather all the information on everyone's search so they know how much people can spend for that area which areas are interesting which areas are undervalued then they go in they buy like 30 houses at the price that um, they should go at then they buy the 31st house and they sell it for $40,000 more than it should and what that happens is that that makes all the other houses they bought go up a little bit in price and so companies Zillow specifically is rigging the housing market and that's why all these houses are like people are being like wow this is a seller's market these houses are going for like 60,000 more than they should and it's because it is all behind a company's nefarious actions 
where are our lawmakers? Companies should not be allowed to buy houses. And I'm your host, Ashley Book Roberts, and that's my thesis for well, the day. Are people pissed about this? Not pissed enough because people don't understand what's going on. Mm. People don't realize that companies are buying houses and jacking up the price. And when when they when they raise the price on one house, then uh, um, what are those appraisal housing appraisals come in and they go, well, that house is uh, being sold for three hundred forty thousand. Right. So this house was being sold for three hundred thousand, but now it can be sold for three. 330,000. So it's like they're raising the market. They it's it should be illegal. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. A company should not be allowed to buy like a house though. That's like a private sector in my mind. Like that's for the people. Ugh, this country everything's gone to shit, Nick. Folks, that has been the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Are you we, kidding me? That's it. That's wow, we, we didn't got. get to any of the things on our list. Gonna we didn't talk to... about Olive Garden. Uh, you know, these people are going to have to join our Patreon if they're going to want that. Patreon.com <laughs> forward slash reality blows. Our, uh, our first of two episodes for September 2021 will be up sometime in the next couple of days. And then very shortly after that, the second. So make sure you get over there. Plus, last month we dropped a, a vlog. That's right. There's a video up there. Like, 12 minutes of us going to Six Flags. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, we also would just appreciate uh, you just throwing us five bucks a month. That would be very nice for us and the morale in this household. You know, we're about to move across the country. We could use the dough. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.